Welcome back. Because my, my no, you're good. We're jumping it. They were like literally mid conversation. I hit record. I was checking the level, so we're good. All right, dude. We're back. We Go are. Ahead. We are back. But we're sitting here talking about our glory days. You know, the high school football stuff. The no guy, doubt. The guys. I we love knew. talking about my high school days. The the cool, the cool I was bins. not. I was not a five star. Whatever. When there were stars, whatever. That was not me. What star were you? I think I was like a three star, maybe a two star. You know what? So I think I may have crept to a three star by the time I got into. When more teams wanted to offer me. How long did you play high school? How long did you play quarterback in high school? I mean, like uh, one season. One season. So you, had, but you did start at quarterback for a season. Yes. Like Cam, you're like you and Cam Chancellor had the same story. Cam Chancellor was a two-star, you know, recruit high school quarterback, and nobody knew he was going to end up being the one. How long did he play quarterback? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Okay. I, I, but he he wasn't like no one was recruiting. But I knew him I was going to be a defensive back though. Like. I knew I wanted to play defensive back, but I was gonna have a chance at the next level. I knew I needed. To play well, no, Cam. I think Cam was. I forget if Cam was recruited as a, an athlete, quote unquote, yeah. or something else. But he wasn't gonna play quarterback. Yeah, but so so for me, Kyle, it's just really interesting because I love talking about my because I actually got to score touchdowns. Right. Like you got to score, dude. No doubt. So for me, I really enjoy my high school days. You and know, I, I never scored a single touchdown in high school. Never. This is heartbreaking. You know what I did? Did you do? score one in Little League? I dropped a touchdown pass on live television in oh. the in the end zone. The only televised game I, I ever played oh. on, I dropped a touchdown. Because I, I, I heard footsteps. There was a safety coming to kill me. Oh, least, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so at least somebody was coming. Was, did you get hit? Was, yeah, oh, yeah. No, it was my first. Yeah, I, I was picking grass out of my face mask and everything. Uh, because I dropped it. Then I got hit. Then I fell on my face. Oh. Uh, my dad still has the video somewhere in the archives. Um, I'm sure he'd love to break it out. But yeah, the only televised game I ever played on. Next I, time he's doing an interview, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him about it. It was also my first target in the end zone, so <laughs> I, I was a little bit nervous. I'm just saying. I was I a wing I, I was a wing T tight end briefly <laughs> in high school, man. We didn't get to do much but block. I was a no. Glor- that's all the wing T is. I was a glorified tackle. People don't know wing T now. They don't even know what that is. Some army, do. army and navy running some stuff. Like you, but you you do still see some elements sometimes of the wing T, like in special packages. You do. It's a whole bunch of yes. The original guards pulling. Looks like wingbacks out there. But now it's more like all right. Instead of him being right outside the tackle, I'll be at wide receiver. Just fast motion in front of the quarterback. Just little something like that. That's in a shotgun. Right. It's the same type concept. Because all you really want to do is distract the defensive player's eyes. So just get one guy to go just a little out here. You know. And yeah. That's when you crease him. But yeah. unlike you, I was not a stuff. great high school football player. Oh, but man. but you have you had some good stories about playing quarterback. And we were talking about guys. It's fun to talk about all the guys that. Like you, you. I don't know how many guys you know that were good enough to have played well, professionally. My, my, my frat brother Eric, I was just talking. yeah, yeah. So your guy Eric is here. Yes. We're, we're at Roman's place, the man cave, Roman's retreat in our studio here. Which, by the way, I promise I've not uh, forgotten about the entryway sign. It's just life's gotten difficult, but it's still. I'm glad that you share that with the people. No, it's it's coming. Um, but yeah, we're talking to your guy Eric, one of your your frat brothers here. Great guy, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It turns out he and I know a lot of the same people. Yes, you do. And he played That's football. He played football at the University of Ohio. Yes. And I played with some guys growing up and in high school that uh, played actually with him. So we got talking about high school guys. We could all probably rattle off at least a half dozen guys that we know that were good enough to have done a whole lot more than they ended yes. up doing for a variety of reasons. They either got in trouble, they lost interest, they got hurt. I mean, yep. there are any number. They couldn't stay focused. I, I, or they were chasing girls or. Or one of my buddies. Some people smoke too much weed. I, I know two guys who got recruiting letters in high school that could have played Division One, and they had no interest in playing sports in college. Yeah. Uh, for different reasons. Right. And it's like sometimes you and I talked about there are guys even in the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball even, who are just really, really good. But they don't love it. They're there because they can make a lot of money playing it, and right. they were always good at it, and it came easily to them, and they're great athletes, and so it's a great lifestyle. They live it. You know, but they don't love playing ball. There are a lot of guys out there who are very good at that, and just they, for whatever reason, they don't love doing it. Well, I even know guys that I had I played with in NFL locker rooms that don't love football. They don't love football, right? A lot of people don't even watch it. Like the moment they're done at work, they don't even turn cut it on, care nothing about it at all. So I've played with those guys, so that does not shock me. I love hearing other people's high school stories, just because, man. I remember what it was like, and a lot of my friends, I still, that all most of my friends are still all my friends from high school, so yeah. that's also a good part of it, and, and they always remember high school stuff way better than I do, because that was their last feeling of football, right? Right, and right. for me, I have forgotten, I've played more than, I've forgotten more than they've ever played, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure, like, so to, that, just, to that point, like, I, I don't have the same memories as you, but I, 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 I talk to people, and my brother can remember all those things, you know what I mean, like, or my friends, they... Can remember some of those moments, right? Like it's if you, really cool though. I remember some stuff. If you ask me about those things, I'd say what I remember is we started two and zero, 
my junior year in football, thought we were going to thought we were going to the state championship, and then lost the next eight games. Oh, um, you know, so turned quickly, and then you know, so and then that you know, dropping a touchdown pass on TV. Beyond that, though, I'm just talking about on the other side of the baseball field. My very last at bat in high school, I hit a home run in a playoff game. So I have a good memory there, you know. But Ooh. that's to your point. Those that's are the awesome. things that stand out to me. You have a lot of those things that uh, most of the general population listening don't will never have you know, because you were very and you have some uh, really cool memories that we've we shared on this show i'm glad we brought up the glory days because i love to some <laughs> some people are annoying when they bring up their high school days yeah some people have funny ass stories about their high school days i, I like to tell the ones where i embarrassed myself or, you know got <laughs> hurt Kyle, or, i think it was awesome that you shared with us about one of your biggest failures. I mean, that was awesome. You're like, dude, I was so, but I was, I get it though. That That is a big moment, Kyle. You got to understand. Like, I've dropped many passes in my life. I've no, you haven't. I have. Well, I've, okay, dropped, okay. I've dropped plenty of interceptions in the NFL. Yeah, That's but you weren't worst. targeted. You were trying to pick balls off. Hey, man, it's not it the was, same thing. You stop trying anyways, to make the rest of us feel better. I get it. I'm just saying, I get it. The moment, but the funny though is about the moment. Okay, it you're is wide open. And you drop. It, it is about okay. the moment. Let, and let, you got hit. I think that's another compound. Oh, you want? I'll tell you one more funny story about that then, because it was the team that uh, our mutual buddy, me and your buddy Eric over here, our mutual friend, played for in high school. Uh, they had a couple other guys that ended up playing. One with the Colts. I think one was a practice squad guy, briefly with somebody else. Our quarterback, one of the few times I was targeted in the pass game, mm-hmm. throws a pass about three, four yards over my head. Picked off by a guy named uh, Brandon Anderson. He ended up playing with the Colts for a while. In my mind, I'm thinking, well, damn, I guess I got to be the one to tackle Brandon Anderson, thinking I had a shot in hell of tackling Brandon Anderson in the open field. Uh, he shook me out of my shoes, left me, and as I turned to chase him, which was also never going to work out well, uh, his other buddy got me right up under the chin <laughs> and laid me out on a crackback block. When, when crackbacks was on point. When crackbacks were still, you know, in vogue and whatnot. I was the recipient of, uh, bro, well, I'm telling you. Dude. Was that not the time to lay a mother joker out? And I got laid out. Oh, I yeah. That's was it. That's when that was the best part. So Shout out to Derek Burks, Pulaski County Cougars. He was the one that got me. So, boom. Yeah. I like it, Kyle. Shout I out. I got better stories like that. Shout about out. dropping touchdown so here, passes and getting laid one, out than I anything else. So when the quarterback from BYU, everybody was a little like questionable when Coastal Carolina kept hitting the quarterback uh-huh. when he was uh, after he threw the interception. Oh yeah, remember this? Yeah. So I didn't feel bad for all. I'm like I kind of like it because that <laughs> happened to me before when I was playing quarterback. I know what that feels like. Yeah. Like so sometimes you just gotta lay it down. Like look, you do. Just lay it down, bro. Now if you want to just try and hit me, then. But if you continue to go for it, like and that happened to me in high school. When I was playing Sydney there, it was like the biggest game of the season. So you gotta understand, Kyle. So my senior year, I had never played quarterback before my whole life. I played running back when I was in Pee Wee, and then I played wide receiver. I could always throw the ball, but like I never played quarterback. Okay. So, but I knew I, I was an athlete. You were the best like, athlete on the field. Right, I was on my team that year. I was going to be. I was going to be one of. We had a couple other guys. My other guy, his name is Kelsey Shepard. He was the first guy that started getting big. He was the first person to get offered from Auburn and, and Alabama on our team. Okay. It was Kelsey Shepard, the running back. He was really good. He was like 5'10", like 215. Okay. My boy Kelsey could go. Shout out. He's a pastor now. He still he used to cut my hair in high school. That's my boy. All right? So he was my running back. I love that we're doing yearbook shout outs, by the way. Right uh, shout That's out. What we're doing. Shout out. Awesome. It's all good. You never know how I'm going to do it. Yeah. So anyways, we're playing Sydney Lanier, and they are the rank. They're probably a third-ranked team in the, in the state. We were fifth at Prattville at the time, fifth or sixth. And a uh, 6A ball. And, and then it was on Thursday night. So everybody in the state was watching. It was like the big game of the week. And then, uh, but yeah, that kind of got happened to me. My brother was mad. My brother Ryan was in the stands. Like, bro, like, because he was down at Troy at the time. But, they, you know, they play on Saturdays. Right. So he was able to drive home, drive back home for it. And uh, everybody was out. And he was like, bro, I was about to come out the stands. And they was all on <laughs> like that. He said, bro, they're not just going to do my little brother like that. You know what I mean? Because that was the first time. Kyle, I was always known as my Ronnie's little brother for the majority part of my life, and then he went off to college, and then right. I was who I was. So it, it's just funny. I love high school stories I do about too. things like that. And we lost that game. I'll never forget it. We lost this game. And shout out to Sidney Lanier. Uh, they had a running back named uh, Keldrick Williams. He committed to Arkansas, or he could, but ended up back out on state. And Tavares Jackson, uh, rest his, God rest his soul, he died at uh, Alabama State. Um, he's from Montgomery. He was at Lanier. He played for the Minnesota Vikings. Second round, got drafted. So, real quick, your your uh, your colleague there at the SEC Network, uh, Marty Smith, 
Uh-huh. You know Marty, right? I do know Marty. Shout out to Marty. Marty's a good guy. We, uh, I've never met him at the network. Oh, you haven't met him yet? No, because you just, in the office COVID rules, you can't just, it's not everybody. I got you. And, but I have met him, though. I got you. So, so Marty and I grew up about 25 minutes apart. Uh, I went to a Christiansburg High School, which is the town next to Blacksburg. Marty went to Giles High School. Okay. Giles was the program, and I'm sure you had one in your, your, your district, your conference, whatever it was. You know, some team that ran a funky offense, whether it be a triple option, something along those lines. Marty it, went to Giles. It would be a wing T team. Right. Well, so, yeah. So, Marty <laughs> uh, Marty went to Giles High School, and uh, they they uh, they run the single wing. And Marty won a state championship at Giles back in the day, running the single wing. And so if you're, if what position did he play? Uh, let me double check that. I think Marty was on the offensive line. This was a one A school, so with their offensive linemen were your probably you know Pratt were probably your backup safeties. So <laughs> you know these then I take that back. I mean Marty's probably going to hear that. Thing. Giles has definitely pushed out some nice athletes, some really talented people. Um, but it's one A football. Yeah, yeah, you know I, get what it, I, mean? I get it. No, 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 I get it. So it's the nineteen. There it is. Nineteen ninety three. Uh, the state championship, Marty and the Giles Spartans won the title. That's awesome. Uh, they won a handful, actually. And I never won in high school. Or... They had a legendary head coach named Steve Ragsdale. The Giles High School, it's, you know, in the middle of nowhere, you know, but you're getting deeper in the mountains, and the, the field sits up on a hill. It's windy as hell. That is rickety old press box. <laughs> I actually called a game at Giles High School back in 2014, and as soon as I got done on a Friday night, I drove straight to Columbus, Ohio, for the Ohio State-Virginia Tech game. Uh, where LeBron was there, they broke the single game record for attendance, and then Virginia Tech beat him in the mm-hmm. shoe. I went straight from Giles County High School to there. But anyway, uh, Marty, you know, there's there's a rich history of high school football where he and I grew up, and Marty played on some really unique teams because they, again they ran that single wing right. and they had the up back, and you never know where the ball was going, and it's just infuriating. Plus, they were just big old country boys that would punch you right in the mouth, man. And uh, I, I just I and love that was back stories. in the day when it was they probably did dirty things underneath the pile. Too. Oh, they were tough as hell, man. And Marty will tell you all about it. I mean, I'll, I'll let him tell you those stories. But uh, no, high school football stories are fun. I last thing, last one, and I want to get our shameless sponsor plug in here. So, but uh, my, my senior year of high school, we're playing in basketball, Oak Hill Academy, the Oak Hill Academy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, produced dozens of NBA guys. So we're in high school. I got my buddy still to this day that I, I talk to all the time. They're lining up against Rajon Rondo. Uh, Casey Rivers, who played at Clemson, Josh Smith, the big left-hander who played in the NBA for years and years, mm-hmm. and there were two or three other future NBA you know players on that roster. But there were uh, you know at least eight or ten Division One guys on the roster. Right. I think they ended up beating us by like 40, 50, 60 points. But but our guys got the first bucket or first two buckets of the game, and we're all, <laughs> we're we're in the stands thinking about throwing full soda cans onto the floor to stop it. So you know mm-hmm. we thinking we could cause a forfeit so we can beat them, but. Yeah, between that and watching J.J. Redick win the state championship in high school, I went to go watch that. You, people Now, J.J. Redick was uh, – so I got this funny story, Trey Boston. Trey Boston said he's seen J.J. Redick win in high school or yep. maybe play against he him. He went something. to the same high school as Tiki and Rondé Barber. Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't know where, but I think Trey Cave, said he saw Cave him. Spring at, High School in Roanoke. Okay, so Trey said he had saw him at some time in basketball. Trey's like, man, so this is supposed to be that dude, blah, blah, blah. He said, off the tip, boom, somebody – he got it, like two or three dribbles, boom, boom, went up and yammed it. Like they said, okay, this is who he is. Okay. <laughs> he used to, he used to come to, he, he used to come to the gym sometimes <laughs> in the town that I grew up in, 30 uh-huh. minutes away, and he'd work with a shooting coach. And th- on two different occasions, we sat there as kids watching J.J. Redick knock down 30 in a row from 25 feet. It was incredible. Yeah. And we knew who he was then. We knew he was going to Duke. We didn't know what he'd go on to become, but we knew he was a big deal then. Yeah. And it was pretty cool to watch that. That is cool. Anyway, getting back to it real quick. Um, Update on the way we started the last podcast. Last podcast, I opened up uh, admitting that I'm a savage and uh, I've been unfortunately uh, a chewing tobacco user for the last 15 years or so. I'm a dipper, have not, been. Not you, Kyle. Not yes, yeah, stop. Like you don't know a thing or two about the game. Um, but yeah, so we started off with a uh, you know shameless plea, if you will, for Whitetail Smokeless Dip to join the the show yeah. as a partner. And I don't have too much to report yet, but there is a dialogue going on right now, and uh, it's exciting. These are exciting times. That's really cool. I mean, I told you um, I have partaken plenty of times, and I tried it. It was uh, it was very. It was almost like I had a peppermint in my mouth. Yeah, you want another one? <laughs> That's what it kind of. I think like. right now would be a great time for you to have another one if you want it. Not maybe not right this second. Finish yeah. uh, finish your, your beverage there. Thank you. Dear. Whenever you're ready for it, let me know. Okay, I'm but glad yeah, that we have uh, that we have some. Shout out to the guys at Whitetail. Yeah, uh, man. They, shout they, out. They, they I, got I into the. It. I'm glad that let's 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 have this conversation. I think. I think uh, that's what we want to tell. We want to be able to share with everybody else. Yes, we'll have the conversation and we'll get back to you. But uh, white tail smokeless dip. If you don't know about it, if you're uh, 
like me, maybe like Roman or a lot of the guys, and you're trying to quit. Maybe you're like me. You got a kid on the way. You know that's not a thing you can keep doing. It's awesome. Yeah, or maybe like me that, hey, I told my wife I'm no longer playing football, so I would only uh, do it when I'm in meetings. Yes. Because it helps keep me up or it's just – So on that note, what, whitetail smokeless dip to be continued. We'll get back to that in the next episode possibly. Talking about you know playing football in the dip. Warren Sapp used to famously play football with a dip in. Yes. Do you know anybody else who did that? And more importantly, do you know how the hell anybody could pull that off? Because I so, dipped for 15 years, and I cannot imagine putting on a helmet, a chin strap, and hitting people at high speed with a dip in. So, actually, so that means he swallows it. That's number one. Right. That's number one. Um, and um, I've, I've practiced with it, but never uh-huh. hit anybody. Uh-huh. Like, I've practiced with a dip. I saw a couple of dudes in high school. Try to I do, try to do a, that. I could practice on a Friday with a dip, but I was a professional. One of them ended up puking behind the, the water jugs. So yeah. it didn't work out. I, right. So I never dipped at all. I never dipped until I got into the NFL. I had a teammate of mine introduce me to it because <laughs> self-fire seats were no longer really working for me. I was, I was struggling. I was falling asleep. And okay. like, bro, try this. And he was like, it's almost like a black and mild in the club. I was like, I know what that felt like. And I <laughs> yeah. I said, okay, cool. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe. <laughs> so... Because uh, I was not, but anyway, so I tried it, and then it just it was that well, it was cool for me. That was my it. Yeah. And um, so yeah, so that's how that was. But I actually, you know, that was how I kind of started on that. But I did practice with a dip on Fridays. A red zone day it was short, short distance. I wasn't hitting anybody. You know, Friday. It's one thing to it's one thing to play baseball with a dip in. You're short bursts, right? You're right. running to first. You're legging out a double. You know, you're chasing down a fly ball, something like that. It's one thing to play with play baseball with a dip in. Yeah, you're not to play football, I just don't get it. I never understood how anybody could pull that off because there's no way you're not swallowing half, if not all of it, throughout the on the first hit. I, th- I would think anyway. So that's coming from an offensive lineman that you always hit, like your helmets always collide. Right. So that is why you have that perspective. For me, as a defensive back, dude, okay. I'm in space. You're I, chilling. You're running. Yeah, like if I hit somebody, it's my own choice. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a completely different ball game for me. That's Kyle. a good point. That's a good point. All right. I just wanted to get your take on that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, for me, that's how it's understood. Like for me, and that was only just that day during you know, the certain periods of the day. That's true. All right, that's true. We got to get to the most important story of the week, though, because you know what this is. We, we have to talk about it. I do not know this. what this is. Did Lamar Jackson poop himself on Monday <laughs> Night Football? Did that happen? That is the question that America is dying to know, Roman Harper. Do you believe that despite his protest that he did not poop himself and that he needed IVs for cramps, the world doesn't believe him the world's seen the video of him doing the mud butt shuffle into the locker room and waving that locker room attendant out of the way. And what do you think? So you know, <laughs> you know the feeling. So, I, no, I do not know the feeling. I've never had to go in the middle of the game. You've never even had, you like, never felt like you had to go in no. full uniform. No. No. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Never. So, um, but anyways, I saw the. So I didn't know what I. I heard people say this, Kyle. Right. Then I had to be in the studio yesterday, and um, I saw the video um, from uh, Alyssa showed me, my homie, Alyssa. So then she, uh, it was hilarious. Yes. I mean, he looks like, he, he looks like freaking, uh, what's the, uh, the, the comedian that just passed away? Uh, Pops. Oh, like in Friday, like yes. get the hell out my face, that man. <laughs> That's what he told that dude when he opened the door. He was like, "You know, stand up, shut it." Well, sir, I would try and say that. Nah, nah. He's like, "Get the fuck out of my face, that man." That's what that was. John Witherspoon. That's the name it. you were looking yes. for. John Witherspoon. Yes. Rest in peace. That man, is that yes. man. That man's authored some of the funniest lines in movie history. Yes, he has. So, oh my god, Whew, was it? That 30, was 35, 45 minutes. I yeah. love John Witherspoon. Rest in peace. But yeah, I mean, the, the, did you see by the way the bidet company? They're called Tushy. They offered him an endorsement deal. They offered to install a bidet in the Ravens locker room specifically for Lamar Jackson. They know what happened. They know what happened. <laughs> I mean, would he even take that deal? That's kind of crazy. I mean, if it came with the right amount of money, the, num- the right number of zeros, I don't see why not. It's crazy. I mean, I get it because, I mean, but that's what happens when you're a star player because it, it's not about that. So this, that part led us to what really we should talk about is that that boy came right back on fourth and five out there. He was like, oh, shit, like, I got to go. Cool, boom. Yep. He's back out, wherever it was. He comes back with the IV wrap, all right? He does have an IV wrap. He does have the IV wrap. Thank you. Comes back, fourth and five, uh, give me the rock, boom, scramble, make a play, Hollywood, show up. 
Dude, I mean... That was incredible. That was. Uh, so I actually ended up falling asleep, Kyle, during that game. I didn't make the whole game. I'm sorry. You didn't? I'm sorry. The world of America. It was late. For me, I was like... I, I normally I had, wouldn't have either, but I was wired yeah. on Monday night. So, yes. Well, I... I had to get my reps. So, anyways, that was just I just was what it was. I, it was one of the most exciting games we had all year long in the NFL. Yep. And all my buddies, they always couldn't stop tech, talking about it the next day. They were like, it was like Bing, 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 and it was all about Lamar Jackson. First of all, he balled. Baker Mayfield and Cleveland Browns played a really good game as well. Yep. Um, the the freaking throwbacks, how much Vegas, all these other things, these other elements, the gambling part of it, but. The spread going from three, <laughs> to like the one of the worst beats, like that swung a lot of money. I was explaining that to my wife laying in bed on Monday night. So I, I was, and everybody knows that's the type of stuff that just out of nowhere. I was laughing maniacally when that happened because at that point I'd lost the bet. I took the Browns plus three in that game. I took the Browns with the points in that game. So I wasn't going to win it, but I was at least going to get the money back on the push. Everybody was. We we're going to get the money back on a push right. if you bet the point spread. And so I see it happen, and I'm losing my shit in bed. She's like, "What's so funny?" Yeah. Now, before that, she was asking me. She, my wife, she like she's grown to love college football. She went to this crunchy liberal arts school up in New Hampshire that. I mean, they didn't. Not only did they not have football, they had a professional hacky sack team. You know, but then she came down to Blacksburg and met me at they Virginia had Tech. A professional hacky sack. I could be making that up. I'm not sure. Oh, that. But don't no. That's don't not. Roll, don't ruin a good story for the truth. I go think ahead. it's true, but so I'm going to roll with it. There but we go. She came down to Blacksburg. We met. We fell in love. We met in grad school. But then at that point, she saw what big college football looked like on a campus, and so right. she's fallen in love with that. She's never really had a ton of interest in the NFL, and so her her depth of football knowledge is not deep. And so when she sees that final kickoff and all the laterals, she, she, I'm looking at my phone because I'm thinking the game's over. And she's like, what's happening? What's, what, what are they doing? The clock says zero. Why are they still playing? And so, oh, these are, so I, I'm starting to explain to her how. And in the middle of the sentence, I see the, the ball go out the back of the end zone, and I start laughing hysterically. And she's like, what's so funny? I'm like, well, now i got to explain the second thing. That was the worst bad beat of the season <laughs> in the NFL. What's a bad beat? Okay, so I start launching into that explanation, and about the time that I do, they cut to Sports Center, and the look on Scott Van Pelt's face. <laughs> and he, they're the main ones. They're, they're the bad, they're the the bad beat segment. Yes. So as I'm explaining it, she sees Scott Van Pelt's face, and it like clicks for us. She was like, oh, that's what he's – okay, yes. I see now. And I'm like, oh, yes. so it's Scott Van Pelt's face. Yeah. But yes, dude, that was the I end of that I wish I could have seen that, that SVP. I might need to go back and watch it. But going it. back to it, yes, you're right. Um, shout out to my guy, John Ellis, who tweeted this, and I, it, it was hysterical. He said, in my best John Facenda voice, the guy from NFL Films with the deep, gravelly voice, uh-huh. he was in my best John Facenda voice, Lamar Jackson, dropping deuces to dropping dimes. <laughs> it, was just, it was just too funny, dude, because yes, I believe he crapped himself, because it's just too funny not so to. I have, and like you said, he came out and threw a touchdown pass on fourth and five. You can't make that shit up, man. No, you can't. That was like crazy how that happened. You that, cannot make that shit and up. And for anybody that ever wants to question, oh, there's this, I'm like, bro, he has that dynamic, he has that type of ability. First of all, he came out running the rock. And I think Baltimore needs to... Mark Ingram needs to get some touches to more too. He needs to be a part of this offense just because he adds a different dynamic of explosiveness to their run game. He's another, he's a Lamar Jack. Lamar Jackson is long speed explosive. Mark is really strong speed explosive through a hole. Anyways, I'm not even going into that. Well, no, but that was that game. First of all, Monday night football needed that because yes, Monday night did. football, I mean, it's kind of sucked but, for the last four or five years yes, M- more often than not. So that game helped Monday night football. Um, the game was huge for the Ravens, obviously. But it also, if you're a Browns fan, you're pissed you lost. But you can't feel too bad about it because the Browns, Kevin Stefanski looks like the real deal up there. He's got them playing, like, not just, you know, fun football, but fundamentally sound football. Yeah. And, and they seem like they're a whole lot more together than they've ever been. Definitely more so than under Freddie Kitchens. No doubt. I mean, Freddie Kitchens, uh, that just was not a good deal. I mean, he he moved up. My boy Rocco, man, he, he loves – he loves Cleveland. He tells me all about the Browns. We have a quarterback session on Mondays. I root for Cleveland because of him. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. He, he's very uh, – he knows a whole bunch about this team. He's invested in this team, and he's just really – and you're right. It's a lot of good, man. But you got to understand, this is a, this town has not been good for a very long time. So they got to be very slow to be, uh, be really all in, especially when you still got – at some point, you got to win your division to make the playoffs. That's yeah. how – because if you don't win your division, you're in the hands of the gauntlet that is the NFL. Well, and the, the extra wild card spots help. It does. It helps. It does help. Still want to win your division, though. But it just helps guarantee some stuff. It does. And, it does. Uh, but no, I, I thought it was a fantastic game. Look, Baltimore is a more hungry team. 
Baltimore had to win that game. Sometimes the most desperate teams win. It's not so much the best team, yep. the most desperate. Baltimore was at a point where they could not lose any more games. If they lost this one, they were really behind. And Lamar Jackson's an MVP, so he came out there and did that. Now, leading to this. Now, I have played against somebody that shit themselves. I have seen this. Who? It was. Name I'm not, names. I'm not naming You have to name names. No way. What I'll do you mean? You what Matt team. Ryan. You played against Matt Ryan. He shit himself. <laughs> Man, I'm glad I hope I was not there for that. Here, I'm getting you pictures right now. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, so. Um, so. You I'm ready? sorry, did I distract you? That was startling, I know. No, it was. It was very, very, just totally threw me off again. <laughs> All right, so it was against Carolina. Yeah. And it was a tight end. That's all you're going to tell us. It was... Matt Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> You've never seen this? Oh, yeah. Remember the Florida player a couple of years ago who was running off the field who clearly had, you know, messed himself? You don't remember Dude. this? Hey, look, man. That's why people... So... Hold on, I'm showing you this. First of all, too. I wear tights under my pants. So, think, so, I just feel... I don't understand why dudes don't wear tights. You some don't? Dudes, no, man. He, he, some dudes just want to wear uh, a jock strap, and I'm cool with that. <laughs> but in white pants, jock strap, bro, you you set yourself oh, up for failure. Hold on. I got a good one for you now. I can't Especially believe- if you sweat or anything, bro. It's just some people like that look, or they think they, they don't realize. I'm like, bro, you know you can see. like. See, this one's see confirmed, you. too, because it's they an SB Nation. It's like, Florida running back. You know back. what I'm talking about, though. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But it's Florida yes. running back recalls time he pooped his pants. The best thing that could have happened. I don't know how you can characterize it that way. There's no mistake in that right there. There's no mistake in that right there. So yeah, uh, I tell you what, we need to get off this subject. Right yeah, now. I'm trying not to go. To I know because we're going to end up making fun of people for things that. So uh, a so lot of people that was it. You, you asked for who I who I played against. That was the only time I've ever seen it. That was it. Yeah, it was a tight end from Carolina. Okay, early. Early uh, in my career. Early in your career. All right, cool. Well, I'm glad we solved the, the Lamar Jackson dilemma there. I really am. I'm yes. glad we solved that. What was I, There was something I was going to ask you. It'll come back to me. I, but since I'm trying to jog my memory here, I'll bring this up. Nice job last night on the SEC Network. We got a kick out of it last night, or I did anyway, and then again this morning. You're, you're, talk me through this because you're on the air last night on the SEC Network. The college football playoff ranking show is on the main ESPN channel. You're on the network you're there during halftime with Dari Noka of the Alabama basketball game. I love Dari. Dari's man. He seems like the nicest guy yeah. ever. Never met him. Dari's, Dari's one of the... Talk to him a few times. Great. But it, all of a sudden, they bring you in on basketball analysis. And I got people blowing up my mentions saying, check out Roman. He's talking Alabama basketball on the network right now. <laughs> what the hell happened? I, first of all, I, I try to watch Alabama basketball. I okay. Try, I mean, I am an Alabama guy. We all know that. Right. Um, but I, I also know basketball. Basketball was one of my first loves. Kyle, you know me. Everybody else doesn't know me, but yeah. you know me. I'm a basketball fan. Somebody love, called you a Lakers homer on the text line of the show today when I played that clip. I am a Lakers homer. I know, but I I'm do just not denying. I'm it. saying it's a known thing. Oh yeah, it I, is for known. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't step away from that. Like, I know. If you know me, you know I'm a Lakers. This man guy. is so diehard Lakers. He was celebrating the other Gasol possibly going to LA last week. Oh, I was ready. That'd be oh championship. Anyway, go Anyways, ahead. Yes. Go ahead. So yeah, the Alabama game's on. You're in studio. What are they yeah, talking? so I, I was just like, so before we we were, they were I guess Dari and them we were just gonna you know we got a couple minutes because sometimes when you're doing live TV at times uh-huh. it just doesn't time out and oh we got longer this time to talk about than before you have to do you know your rundowns or your highlights because they still have to rerun the highlight over and over and over and over blah 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 and um so but anyway so we just did that and I was like well and I told him a couple things about the team. And then he was. Um, I had. To, I did have to look down though. But I'd rather look down than say the wrong than wrong name. I'll look down. Did you that. know this ahead of time, or was there a producer in your headset or your IFB that was like, "Hey, we need you to talk some basketball real quick"? No, they didn't say that at all. So me and Dari was out there, and Dari's like, "Okay, well." And then, uh, and then, so then he's like, "Well, I was like, look, I said this and this and this, and that's what I know. I know about that team a little bit, right? Right. So we got Quinterly who transferred here from Villanova. Dude's got some handles, and he can create. I want him to play with more confidence. Like, he's a guy that could get some shots. I think he should get more shots up. Um, and then Herb Jones, 
He's healthier. He looks better. He's kind of grown as a player. He was really – he's the one that won the game for him last night. So should we be expecting a one-on-one sit-down between Roman Harper and Nate Oates sometime soon? No. I, no, I do know Nate Oates. I've met him. Nate Oates made headlines this week, last week, when he shot back at Coach K. <laughs> I heard about this. <laughs> yes, he did. So this is – we, I, and I didn't even know this, so I don't keep up with that much. I, I'm really busy on other stuff. Well, you right know now. I have to. It's my job. Yeah, I know. So it's just really – it's funny. I heard about that, though, um, as this was going on. Yeah, Coach that, K was talking about, you know, they canceled non-conference games, and Coach K was like, we're trying to play through a pandemic. Nobody yeah. knows what we're doing. There's nobody to call. And I guess the Nate Oates the next night after Alabama played, somebody asked him about it, and he went off saying, you know, he's only saying that because he lost the non-conference games or he lost a game or two, which he ended up apologizing for. <laughs> but then he went on this rant about how, you know, we 100% should be playing basketball right now. And I think he was talking about depression and suicide and everything else and, like, went on this impassioned rant about it. And pe- uh-huh. some people did support him, but – then the next day, Alabama, I, I think, nudged him and was like, hey, that's that's Coach K. Maybe maybe don't pick a fight with that guy. <laughs> I think that's the message that was delivered behind the scenes. I think. And you're probably correct about that. I would think. It's all right, though, man. I, I actually enjoyed uh, meeting him. He was really cool. Um, I love the last Alabama basketball coach as well. Um, Avery. Avery's a good friend of mine, too. And But I knew him from New Orleans right? Uh, with the Saints. He came and spoke to us on our Super Bowl year twice that year. He was the only... Uh, main speaker to come speak to us, man. He spoke to us at the beginning, and uh, and it was all about finish strong then, and then at the end of finish strong then. So, uh, really uh, passionate. He got a Super Bowl ring, too. We gave him one. Really? Yeah, yeah, he had a Super Bowl ring. He How does. about that? Yeah, he does have a Super Bowl ring. How about that? That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, so, um, well, you understand, dude, that was the Saints' first Super Bowl. Like, so... If you've been ever rocking it, it was it was special. Anyways, that's not even the story. Well, no, but I, I've been really interested in this TV stuff because the, the new SEC Network deal right. that came out last week and everything else. Yes, they did. Uh, they did announce that that was uh, that was really big uh, for everything. You know, it's huge. I mean, yeah. it's an exclusive deal. To, like the, the SEC uh, three thirty well, games coming off CBS in a couple of years now. Well, like my man Tim Tebow and everybody else says at that building. I mean, it just means more in the SEC. I know y'all and, love to say that. <laughs> I know y'all love they, to say they that. They love to say it. They love to say it. I like it. to imagine you. they have it, like graphics on the no, wall. Not, y'all touch nope. a rock that says it just means more when you no, walk in the No, it studio. doesn't, but maybe I, we should suggest that. I you mean, really should. I mean... Maybe that can be your gift to them. When I get your Romans retreat sign made, you could just make one that says it just means more and then put it over the entrance to the studio so y'all can touch it like you're going down the tunnel. There we go. Does I that think, work? I think I like that. I really like that. You do? I really like that because it is one little dresser. It's a personal touch. You can get in good with the bosses. They'll like it, right? Yeah, they might like it. See, I think we got to play. Well, I got, you know, this is my first year. I'm a rookie there, so I'm just really just, I ain't trying to step on no toes or nothing. I'm trying to. Well, I think they like you. Know my lane, but I know, man. But I gotta just know my lane. Look, I have fun. it was fun. Look, I know basketball, and not only that, but I got my boy that's an ex coach, and we were talking like during the game and stuff. He was telling me, I'm like, bro, that's exactly what I'm seeing, right? Because Alabama's offense, like they want to play up up tempo, up speed, like like speed it up. They want to be you know up and down the court, which is fine. But why are you shooting three? Like they're dribble, dribble, one pass, shoot a three. I'm like. <laughs> bro like you can get that shot at the end of the shot clock yeah you're right like why are you taking that at the beginning like if that's the shot we're gonna get this possession well dude what are we doing and now you're back on D. it's a long rebound I'm like so these are the things i'm seeing and watching and i'm like okay so and also another way to play so you you're bad on defense their rotations were off i said that because i commented on their rotations about well what could they be doing differently because it was uh it was funny because the dude uh fish uh, the well, the guy that's calling the game, Fishburn. Yeah. Um. He he. Before they was cutting to the halftime, this is how it all started. So the guy Fish was like, "Hey, uh, Dari, why don't you um, you know, Alabama needs to find a way to play better defense." Um. And he talked about how they could play better defense, but Alabama has to score to make them at least take the ball out the basket. Right. Right. That's a way to set up defense, and at least you can play defense. Not all what they're doing. Like it was I, no no listen. So I, then we go into halftime and I'm telling talking to Dari and then it was just in the TV the lights was on and I just said what I said. <laughs> I just love it because you I've seen you since you started doing this. Like you've completely I don't know if you've fallen back in love with college sports. You know, not that you ever didn't like it, but you just the way you prep now and some of the stuff that's on your board and the, like how much fun you have on the screen when you do it, you can tell you're having a ball with it. Man, it's it. I was talking to my boy uh, E earlier, man. It's it's funny because I, my eyes have been so trained for professional football for so long. 
when I look at college, it's so easy. They tell them there's tendencies. They tell themselves all the time. Right. And it's like boom, boom, boom. And it's like, oh, okay, they're doing this, they're doing that. And I don't think, I don't think other, maybe because you don't have time to pre-scout or see some other things that you just don't know or, but it's just hilarious to me when I see. Um, the Roman Harper brand is growing, my man. Thank you, man. It is growing. The Roman Harper brand Kyle, is growing. You're it growing is. too, man. Kyle Bailey. Not in a good way. Not in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the bet's still <laughs> No, I'm doing all right on that front. I'm, I'm doing okay on that front. Uh, yeah, no, the Roman Harper brand is growing. I like it. You're a businessman these days. You're a man, businessman. I'm trying like to be that. better. I'll tell you what. You, you, uh, you got a lot of opportunities ahead of you. And, you know, just be careful getting into business. Be yeah, careful, man. Be careful who you get into business with. You and I talked about that last week. Yes, we did. You have a, a great... <laughs> <laughs> a long road, Kyle. At least, so I've had bad business deals, Kyle. I've had a couple. Oh yeah, no, we talked about it. Like, yeah, not, not on the podcast. We talked no. about that off the podcast. Yes, last we week. do. It's okay. We it's both okay. had some bad business dealings. I, I've had uh, some bad business. Par- well, not not some. Like one really bad business partner, yes. and one bad experience will ruin you. So, so or Kyle, sour you on the whole process. Before we go, that I want to touch one wrap, wrap up on one thing. So, go for it. Yesterday, I got to do this. Um, this uh, recruiting, this National Signing Day. Which was today. Yes, right? Do you hate National Signing Day or do you love it? Dude, I don't know anything about it. That's the funniest thing in the world, man. Oh my God, that's hilarious. It's so funny because you were a literal recruit. You went through the process. You played at the biggest program in America. And it's, it makes complete sense that you don't know a whole lot about it. But from my perspective... You know, when I was doing radio in Blacksburg, I was doing a side gig with 247 Sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who ran that team site lived out of town. And so I would handle a lot of multimedia stuff for them that I was already there doing. So it was easy side money. And yeah. so what came with that was a subscription to the website. And I'd never had a subscription to a, a recruiting site before. Let me tell you something. Recruiting is crazy. Watching grown-ass men <laughs> argue with each other on a message board about where 17-year-olds are going to school, uh, the reasons why they're not coming to their school, the accusations of cheating and bag men, and then just like general cat fights and shit. It's hilarious. It's like a hen house for dudes online. Uh, and the central focus is where teenagers are going to play college football. But it's a huge industry. This guy, uh, Shannon Terry. Do you know the name Shannon Terry? Mm-mm. Look, look him up after the show. Shannon Terry founded Rivals, the site Rivals. Oh, I do know what Rivals is. You Rivals know what is like Rivals the only is. recruiting thing when I was out. So um, Shannon Terry founded Rivals. And... He sold it to Yahoo for, I think, $90 million once he'd grown it and built it into the national network that it was of recruiting sites. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as he sold it to Yahoo, he turned around and built another one and called it 247 Sports. And he just cashed out on that for another ungodly sum of money. And I think he's now into the country music business or something. But there, I mean, that's, it's a niche market, but there was, for a while at least, there was a boatload of money in running a college football recruiting site. And especially at a place like Alabama, where there's seven of them, uh, you know, independent sites and affiliated sites. But it's, it's crazy. Really? It's that many? Well, yeah, the bigger program, because you have more and more people now that can cover them, that want to cover them. And yeah, there was sure. that business model of paying 10 bucks a month to be on a recruiting site was pretty profitable for a while. I know some dudes that make good money running those sites for a good long while. That's crazy. It's tougher now, but it used to be pretty lucrative if you had a following. You mm-hmm. know, if you went to, um, and he's just standing here, so no, no offense to your guy, Eric, over here, who's a great guy. But, you know, Ohio, uh, their, their fan base is not going to have eight different team sites covering recruiting, whereas you could throw a stick and find probably a dozen covering Alabama. Right. You know, so in the bigger fan bases, there's money to be made. And again, I think the business model's changed in a way that has made it tougher to make money individually. But yes, getting back to the point, National Signing Day, like recruit, it doesn't feel as special as it used to. It so, used to feel like a much bigger deal in February. And now with the early National Signing Day and all the transfers and everything else, and plus the fact that Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, LSU hoard all the big-time talent in the country. I feel like it's lost a little bit of its luster. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, he, my neighbor, who's a big Clemson fan, said that uh, uh, they're both in the top three, Alabama and Clemson. Hey, look, at the end of the day, when you – so I, I, I come from this uh, – and when it comes to college football, I come from more of a, a upper school. Like, I, I can't help that. I chose Alabama – and not saying when I was there, because Alabama wasn't what it is now, what it is, what it has become, right? Nick Saban is the right opportunity, the right timing. It's a lot of really things that just kind of happen. But anyways, what were we just? No, we were talking about recruiting. And, yeah, and so the recruiting the part of industry it, recruiting. I, I think, yes. But like, 
the, the all the players they want to go to the biggest programs because that's where the money is. That's right. where nice facilities, nice facilities, locker rooms. It's an arms race, and not only that, but why would I? And you gotta have the right coach at the right time at the right school that can sell to kids and kind of promote to what they want. But not only that, but player development is huge. Yeah, when you develop talent, kids want to go there. The best coaches develop talent. I think that is the thing that we lack. And the more, like, the, let me tell you something. The coach that I really like and is, I, I think Fickles are going to be a good coach. Oh, yeah. From Cincinnati because I feel like he develops talent. I think he's uh, one of those guys. Because I think, I think. Marcus Freeman, by the way, also a damn good coach. I think Marcus Freeman's going to be yeah. a good coach inside the next two years. Yeah, I just don't Maybe want to Maybe it's Cincinnati if Luke Fickle leaves. I don't want Fickle to go to Auburn. That's all I care about. That's all you care about? That's it. Well, I get that. I do. Since we're on the subject, uh, Auburn paying $21.7 million for Gus Malzahn to not coach their football team. Dude, that's why Gus was freaking dancing in the, in the, in the, uh, in the locker room after the game. He knew it was up. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, he knew, he knew the gig was up. Dude, he, he was like, uh, my boy, uh, what's his name? Um, Who? Yeah, just climbed me at the Riz Carlton. Who was that? Fuck. Uh, What's the you think about that. Uh, I, I was thinking about this too. I think somebody pointed out. That's it. Plies. Oh, 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 the rapid plies. Yeah, plies. Oh, okay. Somebody tweeted the other day, like a day or two after Malzahn got fired, they're like, it's really weird. He had, they haven't made an announcement and he hasn't changed his Twitter profile. And somebody responded to that guy and goes, the man just walked away with $21.7 million. You think he's in a hurry? And he's going to get 10 or 11 in the first 30 days. Yeah, he's, he's going to direct deposit. I'm getting, straight. He's getting 10 and some, straight. And some change in the first month since he's gone. I'm like, you think that guy's rushing to Twitter <laughs> to, to listen to all you yahoos talk about what a shitty job he did? No, he's walking and away with a $10 million check. Good. He did pretty good. He was fine. I mean, he's. Uh, I mean, my only thing is this I, will, I, I thought Auburn should already have a plan. That means so they're going to completely lose in Alabama for the next two years. Right. When you don't have a plan. First of all, you have kids in Alabama who are just going to go to Auburn if they're good and then because that's what they want to do and they love Auburn. Right. You got kids that are going to go to Alabama because they love Alabama and they're good and they're going to go there, right? Mm -hmm. But then outside of that, because now Alabama has recruited, they can recruit all over. They can recruit nationally easily because that's what happens when you win and your storied program. Only It's only so many teams that are this elite class. You know, you got the... The, the you know it's a difference between a Tom Brady and a Matt Ryan yeah you know what I mean oh absolutely I mean, well yes. so and, there's and, a class system in place that's right sure. right so it's Alabama's one of those schools that no matter where they go they can recruit nationally and come talk to you Clemson is start is Clemson has become that they're a hotter team now yep. but it's not it doesn't bring Michigan's a team like that you know what Texas, Clemson's, you know what Clemson's done USC, most importantly you know what Clemson's done most importantly what? that is the number one thing they've locked down this corridor well for sure they have but you know Alabama football nobody knows this better than you Alabama football has a long storied history of championship football of consistent winning you know two of the three greatest college football coaches of all time all that. yes and so you know that's that culture that foundation's been in place for but Nick Saban is taking to another level. He really has. But with Clemson, what they, Clemson has raised money. That's what they've done. More importantly than anything else, they hired the right guy. Thank you. But then they capitalized on the success they were having financially, and they have raised a boatload of money. I think I read a month ago that an individual donor recently gave Clemson $60 million. That, that is, that's Stephen Ross with the Miami Dolphins donating to Michigan type of money. I think he gave them $200 million a couple of years ago. So that's what Clemson's done most importantly, and it's why Clemson is going to be in that status of college football for a long, long time. So long as Dabo Sweeney's there and probably even after that because of what they've done to build the, the, the infrastructure to raise the money. And that's where, like, we're talking about Gus Malzahn and Auburn paying him to go away in the middle of a pandemic. Auburn, like two days prior to that, announced tens of millions of dollars in, in revenue shortfalls. And that's been happening across the country. So we saw South Carolina fire Will Muschamp. Vandy fired uh, Derek Mason. And now they fired Gus Malzahn at Auburn. No surprise, it's all three SEC schools. But then my alma mater yesterday decides they're going to hold a press conference to announce that Justin Fuente's coming back. And uh, people are pretty hot about that because they're watching Auburn pay $21 million <laughs> for Gus to go away. And yesterday was the day that Justin Fuente's buyout dropped from $12.5 million to $10 million. And so, you know, and then as the quotes go... They're, what they said essentially was, well, with the, it wasn't about the buyout money. You know, it's we not about the buyout we money. We paid the Kyle, buyout Kyle, Kyle. It's never about the money. Don't ever, act, don't ever well, let them It's always think. about the money. Well, it's usually about the money. So it is. It's always about the money, Kyle. But 
Don't act like they can't go get money to fire somebody. That's right. what I mean. Right. They can always call somebody and get this money. First of all, a school like Florida State, you know, nobody thought that they had the money to go and bring up real quick to go get rid of uh, Willie Taggart. Yes, Willie Taggart. Florida they got State's that, hurting for money right now. It, they went and got that, but they went and got the money when they needed it. They to. did, but they also right. weren't in the middle of a pandemic. Exactly. But it's look, that's everybody right now. But some of these schools. Don't, 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 you cannot think it's like that because to them, they can go and get this money. I just want to know what's Auburn going to do next. Who are they going to be able to go get? Are they going to pay to go get Hugh Freeze? Is that what they're going to have to do? Uh, what, is, what is the next play? Or do they stay in-house uh, and bring in their defensive coordinator, Kevin Steele? I've heard that name thrown out there. Yep. I've also heard um, the guy from uh, here in Charlotte. Well, not Will Charlotte. Healy. Uh, no. No. Um, What's uh, another coach who's been to? Coach? Charlotte? No. Coastal Carolina. Jamie Chadwell? No, the other one. The other one. It's another coach that's uh, name's getting tossed around. Too. Um, not Chadwell. That's not who they're thinking. What school? Sorry. In the Carolinas, you mean? It's not similar. It'll come back to me. Billy Napier, Louisiana? Uh, yeah, Billy Napier. Okay, okay. Louisiana, okay. I got you. No, you got So, like, for me, but the bottom line is, for in all of this, you're right. It's The buyout stuff is not always a financially driven decision in that they can't find the money or they can't raise the money. Um, you know, most of but that's half of being a, a coach too, right? So that's half of it, Kyle. Let's 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 talk about this because let's stay in this lane for a sec. So when you're a head coach, X's and O's is like third or fourth on the chart, bro. It, like when you're running a program, it's like third or fourth on the chart. Number one, you got to be able to recruit. You got to be able to get talent inside your doors. Whatever it is that you sell, yeah, you need players. You, you need players, but you need money. Hold on. Number two, you got to be able to hug and kiss the babies, man. Sure. You got to be able to talk to the alumni and raise yep. money. That is number two, Kyle. Yep. I know. That is number you two. You got to be a CEO. You got to be a yeah. marketer. I get it. And, and yes, you, it, you, these are the, this is CEO type but stuff. That's where the money comes in because you're kissing the babies and shaking the yes. hands of people who and, are cutting checks. Right. And then number three, you got to be able to, uh, I think the last one is uh, develop talent or whatever I wrote down, but just focus on those two. That's a... That's what you need as to be a head coach. And I, and when if you don't have those, when things are going bad, they're not going to stand up for you, the people that make those decisions. The people that are cutting those checks, like, you know what? I'm going to pay this money to get this mother joker up out of here. No, I get it. And and, and I guess... And they got that type of money because it's like, fuck you money. It is. And so, like, the, the, yesterday with Babcock, you know, I believe in Justin Fuente. And he, I won't get into all the quotes because people spend quotes that can be taken out of context. I think, you know, he said some things to the AD that... You know, I'm sure he wished he'd phrased differently, and that's up to him. Um, my The problem for me, though, as a fan, as an alumnus, and I'm also in the unique position of just having grown up there. I literally grew up 10 minutes from Lane Stadium. So I watched, I didn't just watch the football program grow as a kid. I watched the, the area grow as a kid. I watched roads get built. I watched academic buildings get built because of Virginia Tech football, because of Michael Vick in 1999-2000 making the place awesome. explode. Uh, you know, well, before that, yeah, he, he has so many fans. But it was incredible to watch the place grow. So it's super personal to me, you know, and to a lot of people who grew up watching it. The thing about it is, and it goes back to the class system in college football. The overarching issue with us, anyway, where I went to school, is that unlike Clemson and what they've done in the past five years, where they have taken advantage of the success and turned it into money. Yeah. When when Frank Beamer was riding high, and for about fifteen years they were one of the best fifteen programs in I America. I agree. Yeah. They didn't do a great job capitalizing on that success and raising the same kind of money. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, by the way, let me stop there. Simply having money in college football doesn't guarantee you shit. No, it does not. Look at Texas, right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't guarantee you anything. But you're never going to get to the top and stay there without raising or making the kind of money that Alabama does, that Ohio State does, and that Clemson is now. And so that's part of the issue because, you know, they can – like Virginia Tech, when I talk to you about Virginia Tech, you know my perspective on it. We know we're not Alabama. We know we're not Ohio State. Mm -hmm. But the fact that it remains, whatever you think about how isolated our campus is or, you know, how we stack up next to you or any of the other big-time programs, there was an expectation that was set. And when Frank set the expectation of eight straight winning seasons and, uh, you know, the longest bowl streak in America, getting oh, to yeah. the national championship game, the BCS Bowls, they were playing, they beat, they whipped Texas's ass in the Sugar Bowl five years before Mike Vick took them to the national championship game. So they were coming in 1994, 1995. Mm -hmm. They didn't raise the money. And so now they find themselves on a lull, you know, on a backslide with the program and the quality yeah. of the football, and they don't have a big-ass pile of cash to fall back on, mm -hmm. you know, to hire the same kind of recruiting staff or support staff that they have at some of these SEC programs. How do you do that 
short of making the lightning rod higher that is Dabo Sweeney? Or how do you do that short of maybe in what, what Babcock's mind, sticking to your guns, digging your heels in, and showing faith in a guy that you still think can do the job? Because, and Tech fans hate hearing this, you know, Frank Beamer didn't start to turn the program around until his sixth year on the job. They were about to fire him after year five. Yeah. You know, and so people lean on that and say, well, you know, Frank didn't get it going until year six. That was Frank. You know, Frank, Frank yeah. went to school there. Frank grew up in the area. You know, it was personal to Frank. I, I, I think Justin Fuente is a nice guy. I think he's a smart football coach. But, you know, when you have the 45th ranked recruiting class in the nation at that university, at that program, it's not good enough. You know, unless you're the only guy doing what they used to do, and that's find all these two- and three-star kids and turn them into stud NFL players well, because your developmental program's so good. Well, that's what I'm saying. So how, how is the development? I think that's the third thing on my list was player development. You have to have that. Your players need to get better. The one thing I do know about Dabo Sweeney was that he was an awesome freaking wide receivers coach at the University of Alabama. They loved him. They loved him. He was like one of the best coaches on the freaking staff. And everybody said it. He coached. He developed his guys. His receivers could go. That was like – so that is what I think. The best coaches are the best teachers. I, all, I, I don't back off that at all. I don't know Nick Saban, but I think he's a hell of a freaking coach because I think he's a great teacher. These coaches are out here selling brands. Some of them have hot brands. Some of them have lasting legacy yeah. brands like Alabama. And some USC of USC is another program that could go everywhere too now. Well, they used to be able to. I don't know about that. It's just more. I don't you know. and they I still revere. Be. You and I still revere a program like that because yes. we grew up on USC greatness, right? Mm -hmm. Some of these young pups, though, they don't see it through the same way we did. When I talk about Virginia Tech football to you, it means something to you because you saw when it was at its greatest. I just want to see USC uh, go beat, uh, go win a bowl game somewhere. Right, but then we didn't actually win the national championship game and put ourselves yeah. in that elusive club, and so you know that that's a, a, a trump card that we that we can't pull. But yeah. to, to wrap up the point, you know, if you don't have the kind of money in college football that the the top five, top ten programs in the country do, you have to be creative. Yeah. You have to you know you have to sell a hot brand or or create a brand that you can continue to build on, and it's it's not easy to do. And I don't I don't envy them because I know how much football means to that area. You know, mm -hmm. where I grew up. And I know, it like, where you grew up. Football is what matters to people. Yes. You know, this town that has 30,000 people in it that triples in size on game day, when people are coming in from Richmond and Charlotte and the 757 and everything else, it's special. I, was, I always wanted to go to a game. It's, well, I'll take you one day. Hopefully when they're, you know, good again in the yeah, not too yeah, distant yeah. future. But anyway, I know we, we're not going to sit here all day, so i got a couple things I want to touch on with you before we get out of here. Um, I don't, we, there's no reason that, you know, we need to have a, or we can, but I don't think that this was something I intended to bring up, but. Did you see the announcement today in Major League Baseball? No. It Did was, Paul Manfred mess it up again? No, no, no. He's, it, this is a good thing. Oh, so, okay. like, two months ago, HBO Real Sports, which I think I talked about a couple weeks ago, did a story about how Major League Baseball still in 2020 had not incorporated Negro League stats into their archives and into their all-time, you know, officially recognized baseball stats. Nice. They finally, they you know, broke, they broke the news today that Major League Baseball, who had been, I think, considering it for some time or figuring out maybe how to do it, they announced it today that they are now officially incorporating all Negro League stats that were kept, that's you know, awesome. and into their archives and records. And that's, you know, it's a big deal for a lot of reasons. I think it's a big deal just to do it. But if you don't know anything, and I know you do, but if people don't know the history of, of Negro League baseball, which yeah. was fascinating to me because Jackie Robinson was one of my favorite athletes when I was first growing up as a kid. I did like eight book reports on Jackie Robinson when I was in school. You know, so I learned about, you know, the Kansas City Monarchs and, you know, all the numbers Satchel Page put up and, um, Josh Gibson and you know seeing those stories told two months ago in that episode was really really cool and I'm like pretty I'm 95% sure this number's right but it says in that that feature that in the 11 years following uh, the integration of baseball Jackie knocking down the color barrier and Larry Doby joining the Indians in the American League in the 11 years following that nine of the next 11 Major League Baseball MVPs were former Negro League players so that just shows you how good the league was something that most of us already knew um, but it, it really, I think, cements the fact that those guys, A, should have always been in there, and B, there mm -hmm. should have never been any question about incorporating their stats because that level of baseball was just as good, if not better, than what was being played in Major League Baseball. Well, I mean, we're not blind today. Obviously, right. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, man, I, I, I just like, uh, I'm really proud of Major League Baseball when they do things right, and um, you can't always say that, but I think they got this one right, and I think it's a good thing. And I'm not going to sit here and beat on baseball or anything. No, it's I fine. I just it's a great positive step, especially in uh, 2020. Because continue I, to try and at least turn the corner, make things better. I brought it up only because I, I would encourage people to watch it, not because of the necessarily just the historical baseball stuff, but CC Sabathia does an interview in that feature, and he talks about I think some of the old photos, some of the memorabilia that he might own 
where there are photos back then because Satchel Paige was a rock star. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even so though I don't know, I don't know much about. It. I, dude, let me tell you. So I didn't know anything about baseball like since way back. Satchel Paige, I first heard his name. You know where it was? The Simpsons, the episode on. The really? Simpsons. Yes. So Satchel Paige, there are photos. I of think him. it was Satchel. Page. He was such Maybe a. I know from Carter. He yeah. was such a big star, right? Even in you know playing in the Negro Leagues and not Major League Baseball, but he was such a big star. There are photos of him with uh, a team that I think he'd assembled, flying around in a private jet all over the country back in the '30s to go across the country and play ball games. And they would sell out these stadiums. People would be just clamoring to get in to watch him play. Mm-hmm. And some of those old photos of him with some of his teammates standing outside the, the jet when they were about to get on and fly across the country in the 30s and 40s to go play ball games was so cool, man. <laughs> so cool. I didn't know they were... They, it just opens up your eyes to some of the things that, that happened back in the day. The other thing, real quick. Um, I was catching some help just the other day from somebody who said... Uh, I think it was my buddy. He jumped in the truck and I had the Spotify playlist on that I had when I, I jumped in the truck. And he was like, you're always listening to bluegrass when I get in this truck. Why are you always listening to bluegrass? Do you listen to anything else? You're getting old. You don't, your musical taste sucks. What you have, I have like an eclectic musical taste. I like good music. So if it's bluegrass, country, hip hop, R&B, Motown, eh, some alternative rock. Like I just like good music. Mm-hmm. Do you, are you stuck in a time capsule yet? Are you listening to new music or do you simply like stick with the stuff that you've always listened to? Because we're at about that age where I think you kind of cement what you like and that's what you end up listening man, to. Man, I got this really good, uh, in my infinity, man, I got, it's, I have like 45, 50 CDs saved to a hard drive in there that I listen to all the time. Really? So I got music from all the way when I first got the truck in 2008 till... 2017. How many discs? Probably. I had to buy CDs when they stopped making CDs. Uh, probably the last. Like, Did they, have they stopped manufacturing CDs? No, no, no. You can still get them. You just got to kind of like go find them. They really? do more like records now than CDs. So that's the new like, you know, our, our parents collected albums, 45s. That's our thing now, right? We hold on to CDs. Uh, no, I don't think we need to hold on to CDs. I don't think we need to hold on to CDs. No, no, no. Because you're not going to have the capability to be able to play Does them. your wife have, by the way, to- total tangent, Does you, do you or your wife have a DVD collection in boxes anywhere? Because my wife has a metric ton of DVDs that I don't know what to do with. I, I have a whole bunch of you DVDs. You do? I do got DVDs. Are you going to hold on to them? Yes, I am. My wife made me uh, buy one of these big CD holders, like old school CD holders, and put them in there. She, I, But I, I kept the boxes to some that I thought were like... All right, let me at least keep the box of these DVDs. So it's the Mercedes that you have that it's you're just not giving it up because it's got the six disc changer or whatever. Never giving it up. So what do you if you if I jumped in your car right now, what would likely come on? Uh, probably radio, sports radio. Okay, well, me too. Or um, or I got Nipsey Hussle in my bins. Okay, his uh, his last CD and um, and and then in my Infinity, I got like I told you, I got a, a thing full of stuff. Okay, and I also got a DVD player with. Um, what's in there right now? Uh, Kung Fu Panda. Okay, well that makes sense. That makes sense. So again, I'm I'm bringing this up too in part because I, I have you know I've locked into some stuff that I do listen to, but I will if I go outside of that though because I can't listen to country or bluegrass when I'm working out. Right? I, but I also I'm not a heavy metal guy either. I don't need like some Norwegian death metal blasting behind my head to get me motivated. Mm-hmm. I just need something with a beat. Most of the time I'm listening to hip hop when I'm working out. If I'm driving down the road, though, and I'm turning off country or bluegrass to something else to mix it up, I would say seven times out of ten, I just go to the Lil Wayne playlist on Spotify. Because, I mean, that's like the soundtrack of my college years. And it got me thinking, when you were playing in New Orleans, did you ever meet Wayne when you were down there? Uh, Yes. You did? One time. Nice guy. Dude, I I barely even talked to him. I was so fucked up. And, like, he was... That's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, he was. I thought it was the coolest thing ever, though, when he was at this place called the Fair. Um, it was a little. Uh, it was like a. It wasn't a club. It was definitely more of a just a, a night scene. Whatever. Okay. And um, and it was like I thought it was the coolest thing. I'm like, bro, you know what? That's probably super fucking dope that um, Lil Wayne was jamming to Lil Wayne on the dance floor. Was he really? Yeah, he was like getting <laughs> it. They played like three or four like straight Lil Wayne like hard. <laughs> And I'm like, bro, I bet that's kind of tight, though. You yeah. Know what I mean? No, to be dancing to your own song. No doubt. That, that, in the middle of the, like, going. Like, I'm like, dude, that, that is kind of cool. <laughs> so, that, um, and also, so then another time, so I didn't meet, I wasn't even around him this time. He was, like, in our section, but, like, not in our section. Right. It was a, it was a thing, whatever. So we were in this club in Miami. So what I, what we used to do, Kyle, we would do. I, I know the club, I bet. What's the club you're about to, I'll, is it? What club is it? Um, 
Can't, I don't know if you can't say it, but I mean, there's that famous club in Miami that Wayne was spotted at all the time. I remember no, reading that all. So no, no, so it wasn't this one. It was another one. That live um, or whatever? It was not live. Okay, never mind. Sorry, I derailed your story. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's okay. Um, I'd have to text my boy to remember. It's been that. So anyway, so we had this thing when we, some, if somebody got paid, we'd all go out and like they'd have to like pay for us a weekend. We're going to celebrate for mm-hmm. them getting paid like they big money. Like off the rookie deal, like boom, like okay. Right. That type deal, right? So my man, who did it? Carl Nix got paid, like highest paid. And Jai had set the record the year before of our other, they just couldn't pay both of them. It was right. like way too much money. And at the time, nobody thought to protect the team. Though. It just was. So anyways, it was good for Carl. So we all go down to Miami. We're going to celebrate. It's me, Ja. This was like Mark's rookie year. Yeah. Because Mark was in the club with us too. He was, Mark uh, was there too. Uh, his first year in the league, he just got in. He was with the Saints. And like, it was hilarious. It was after that first offseason. And then, um, dude, so I put my card down because Carl... We were going to split it, but they just needed one card down at the time. So I put mine out. I'm like, yeah, bro, I need to split a night. Split a night with you. Any, like, I haven't split any nights. Right. Was, you know what I mean? Split and, the bar time. Yeah, yeah, I got it. You're paying every night, but I'll split one with you. It just puts, you know, well, we ain't going to do that much. It's just a, you know, like four or five us. Right. Bro, so, you know, it's come in, boom. Next you know, like the first round of bottles and all that stuff. It's all cool. Very normal night. I got my crown. I'm just going to drink crown. That's all I drink. I got my bottle. I'm cool. So I'm drinking, Kyle, doing my own thing. And next you know, more more sparklers, more sparklers, <laughs> more bottles, more bottles. And then at some point, I'm like, when I saw this this random chick that I don't even think, I don't know who this person is, walk like to the bathroom with like a bottle, like it was, I'm like, bro, who's ordering all this stuff from us? Like, who's this? So then I go to Carl, and I'm like, Carl, who did it? Who's, you ordered all this? He was like, bro, I ain't ordered. I thought that was you. I was like, nah, bro. He's like, he's like man, it's, it's got to be freaking Ja. So Ja is over there. And I'm like, Ja, look, no more champagne, okay? No more. No more. All right? No more. He's like, man, man. I was like, bro, like, I just saw a random person just walk away with champagne. But, like, how much more? No more. And he was like, man, F that, man. Man, uh, Carl, man, Carl, motherfucking rich, man. Fuck that. He can afford it. I was like, I was like, no, no more. And I said, I said, I said, and then, uh, and then Carl, uh, so that Jai told me to tell Carl that. So I tell Carl that. Carl said, if he orders one more bottle of champagne, I'm coming over there. I'm, <laughs> then, I was like, all right. So I go over there and tell him. Then Jai was like, all right, fine. All right, all right, cool. And then he turns around and orders like six more bottles of vodka, just like more stuff. But he didn't order the champagne. He was like ridiculous. And um, and I'll never forget because it was a crazy night. I, my boy was there, Stefano. It was a hilarious night how this all night ended. So anyways, so the DJ was like, the Saints got to be at like 30K. And Lil Wayne was... <laughs> what, the, the, the DJ's announcing your bar tab? I, and nobody thought we were that high. But Lil Wayne was right there in our section, like right beside my boy. And, my, and this girl was like, hey, that's Lil Wayne right there. My boy was like... Psh. Shawty, we the club tonight. Look at us. Like, <laughs> boy, I was like, oh my God. It was like ridiculous. So I'll end up, we, I know we got to run, but I'll, I'll end on this. I'll tell you one since you told me a great one. Charleston, South Carolina, 2011, I think. Maybe 10. I'll have to double check. But anyway, my, my buddy Pete, one of my fraternity brothers, great guy, a woodworker now, used to be a DJ and music producer. Opened for Tiesto once or twice. You know, it was the real deal. Mm-hmm. Um, still did it up until a couple of years ago. Got out of the music scene. I think he just burned out on it. But really talented guy. And he was like the guy on the, the downtown Charleston scene at the nightclubs and bar. If you wanted a big bash, like a big blowout, uh, a rager, you wanted a good DJ, you were calling Pete. And so when we lived together, uh, we'd go out, we'd hit the town. Pete didn't drink when he performed. So everywhere he went, he got a bar tab for the night. 100 bucks, buck 50, 200. I always got the bar tab because I'd go with him and set up the equipment, you know, because we lived together. I'd get drink free for the night. So yeah. we're partying in Charleston. I get to hang in a DJ booth and I'm drinking for free. I'm in my early 20s. This is awesome. This sounds like a wimp, cop. So he's playing at this club called Torch downtown. It's, it's closed down now, but it was a club called Torch. Kind of a strange place. One night he's there, DJ, and probably an hour, two hours, about two hours into his set. The owner walks up to us in the DJ booth and he goes, uh, hey, we got to clear this place out. Uh, we had somebody just come in, somebody fairly high profile, buy out the rest of the night. So we got to empty the club. It's going to be a private party. And we look at each other and we're like, all right, so we need to pack our shit up. And he goes, well, actually, 
He goes, uh, the guy that's buying it out, he's, uh, he wants a DJ in here, but he's not into the shit that you're playing. He doesn't like the techno, the house music, which is what they brought Pete in to do. He's like, but he doesn't like this kind of music. And he looks at Pete and he said, uh, so if you got something else, you can stay. And Pete goes, well, what does he want? And the guy looks at him and he goes, ah, country and southern rock, which is not Pete's thing at all. Right up my alley. So mm-hmm. Pete turns and looks at me and he goes, you got this? And I was like, yeah, I got you. And so Pete turns back and goes, all right, we got this. Who, who bought the place out? And the guy goes, can you keep your mouth shut? And we're like, yeah, of course. He goes, um, do you know anything about golf? Like, yeah, Pete's actually a very good golfer. So yeah, we, I watch golf. Pete plays golf. It's John Daly. So John Daly come in and he was back in one of his trips to Charleston, bought the place out, kicked everybody out of this club and, <laughs> and is throwing a private party that night. So we get to stay because Pete's the DJ and I, he doesn't, and I get to play the music. And so Daly comes in with all of his friends, like a dozen people. John Daly's about, he's, he's the nicest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's as nice as, as he could be. I've met him once. Tanked. I mean, he'd been partying all day, all night. And there were some one-liners that I'm not going to repeat because I'm not going to talk out of church. But that dude is funny. Some of it was inappropriate. We partied till 4 o'clock in the morning with John Daly. And John, at that point, that was the first round of skinny John Daly when he'd lost a boatload of weight. And so we, I'll, I'll show you the pictures. I had a shaved head back then and everything. 4 o'clock in the morning, we're in this club. We're about to leave. And uh, I'm like, I'm going to get a picture with John Daly before we, we take off. Again, John had a full 24 hours of partying under his belt, so he was in rough shape. I walk in the back of the club. He had whipped out somebody's acoustic guitar. And at that point, John Daly had convinced himself he was a future country star and had been working on an album, I think. And so he's hammered, hammered, playing one of his original songs in the back of this club. And he finishes it, and of course, everybody's just, oh, John's so great, man. It's the greatest song of all time. And so he's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. I was like, John, hey, we're taking off, man. Great to meet you. Uh, we'd love to grab a picture. We're big fans. And John Daly looks up at me and he goes, Brother, I'd be glad to help you out. Problem is, my legs don't work right now, and I can't stand up. So if you want to take this picture, you're going to have to pick me up. So I had to literally take John Daly's arm, throw it over my shoulders, and stand him up off this couch. And I'm literally, if you look at the picture, I've got my hand around his waist, holding him up while we take a picture together at 4 o'clock in the morning. Nicest guy ever, though. Loves a party, but nicest guy ever. This is an awesome story. It was a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite memories. John Daly is a rock star. He is a rock star. You are one, two, Kyle. I don't know about all that, but uh, you know, I tend to to meet a few once in a while. Buddy, this was fun. I'm glad we called. Thanks, man. Same here, man. Great job. A lot of fun. We didn't even get to Fat James Harden, by the way. (laughs) Let's give him some time. At least get in shape. All right, he just showed back up. Let's give him some time. That's fair. That's fair. But the fact that he's demanding a trade, and Russell Westbrook left, and Daryl Morey left, and his coach left, and now he shows up. I mean, I don't. I think they kind of did him dirty with the angle of the photo they posted last night. But when Kendrick Perkins is ragging on you for being fat, I mean, you are a little bit out of shape to to be James Harden. It's preseason, baby. Just give him time. Right. I'm, I'm gonna believe in James. Fine. It's preseason. I don't think he's gonna win the big game. Right. Well, we, we'll come armed with uh, a whole lot more to talk about next time. Shout out Whitetail, Smokeless Dip. Let's let's make this business happen. Let's make this deal happen. Let's talk about it. Let's talk. Let's meet. Let's talk. Whitetail Smokeless Dip. Bailey and Harper presented by Whitetail Smokeless. Doesn't that sound good? It does. Rolls off the tongue. It does. Just a little smoke coming behind it. Like, Love it. All right. We got to go. For Roman Harper, I'm Kyle Bailey. Work hard. Be nice to people.